Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Luna the Podcast. My name is Carolina Salazar, also known as the Carolina Lifestyle on TikTok and Instagram. My goal with this podcast is to demystify modern spirituality, talk about all things holistic health and wellness, and to also empower you to show up as your best and highest self. Thank you so much for being here. I look forward to seeing you in the show. Hey, 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 welcome back to Luna the Podcast. Hi, everyone. I hope you guys are having a really beautiful day, a really beautiful week, and just giving yourselves the love that you deserve. And we are back with another guest episode for this week's episode of Luna. If this is your first time listening, also welcome. I always forget to say that, but we are back with another guest episode. This episode will feel like Girl Talk with Friends. I brought in one of my amazing wellness besties and one of my friends who I met through the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, which is the health coaching certification program that I did. And her name is Katarina Mangini. Kat and I met really early on in quarantine. We were both doing IIN at the time and we were getting started still in our journeys being content creators. And it has just been so beautiful seeing this friendship blossom and watching her grow as a content creator and as an entrepreneur and just evolve in her own wellness journey as well. And she is the queen of routines and of wellness that works for you. We talked a lot about the concept of bioindividuality in this episode, which is just the idea and the concept that you are a bioindividual. You have unique needs, unique genetics, and therefore you require... A unique view into your wellness and into your routines and we talked a lot about how to move beyond thinking that there's a one size fits all solution to health and really taking the perspective of finding routines and habits that work for you on an individual level we also talked a bit about navigating college and wellness in college and the fact that college doesn't have to always be the best four years of your life and also just how to find yourself along the way and see your past as a teacher and we get to hear a little bit about Kat's perspective on spirituality and just how she connects to herself on a spiritual level even as someone who doesn't necessarily consider herself a super quote-unquote spiritual person but we really dive into how spirituality looks different for everyone and how spirituality similar to health is not a one-size-fits-all solution it's also something super bi-individual and intrinsically connected to mindset and so i think you guys will really love this conversation we really went into the episode with the intention of it feeling like a girl talk like you know an honest conversation and just really fun grounding and wholesome vibes and so i'm sure you guys are going to enjoy it and with that said i'll keep the intro short and sweet and i will see you on the other side So excited you guys are here today and for this guest episode we're in for a very awesome girl talk 
So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so grateful to have you as a friend. I can't believe it's already been, you know, what, two years since we've known each other. It's just crazy. It's wild. It's It's wild. And it's so cool how friendships can blossom through social media and just like meeting people through common interests as well is just such a cool thing that we get to do. I know. I feel like we we live in it's almost like we live in such a future generation where we're making like a majority of our friends online, you know, <laughs> like Literally. my friends from high school just think it's so cool. They're like, oh my gosh, it's amazing that you are making so many friends online. And it's just crazy. Like the connection is awesome too. Exactly. I feel really grateful about it because not everyone has access to this as a means mm-hmm. to make friends. And it almost feels like, you know, what's it called? Like online dating, but for friends yeah. in a way. Yeah, but it's even deeper because it's just supportive from the start usually and it's just kind of a mutual process of evolution so yeah amazing to get started can you share your sun moon and rising please yes okay so my sun is Scorpio my rising is Sagittarius and my moon is Taurus yes exactly exactly (laughs) Scorpio queen even though you don't resonate very much with being a Scorpio right no I don't because I I know that a lot of um a lot of what Scorpio is about it's very like secretive and or not secretive but like private maybe kind of mysterious and I feel like I'm just like "Ah," like I'm an open book you know if you meet me I'm just like I'm not mysterious whatsoever so just yeah <laughs> the interesting thing about Scorpio is that that's just one aspect of it Scorpio to me is like magnetic it's also ruled by Mars like depends on the type of astrology that you do but some astrologers say it's ruled by Pluto and some say it's ruled by Mars and I kind of use both when I'm understanding Scorpio and so Scorpio is a lot about just passion and just like feeling really strongly about things that you care about a lot and like being a strong advocate for them and like when you want something like you really are gonna go after it too okay I guess I I guess I do relate to that like I'm definitely I guess that's maybe where I get a little bit of my perfectionism I I have like a drive to you know when I want something I just I get it done right away (laughs) yeah and then you also have like your moon in Taurus which is opposite your sun you know it's not exactly opposite but it's an opposite signs and so Taurus and Scorpio have similarities but they also have differences and because they're opposite signs like there's a common shared energy and so the perfectionism probably comes from both of those things I think (laughs) I also have like my sun and my Saturn in Taurus but you also have Saturn in Taurus but then I have my Mars in Scorpio and it's a strong placement for me so I also have Mm -hmm. that like polarity between the two is it, is it possible that it changes over time? Because I feel like I used to not be perfectionist at all. And then when I went to college, I just became like, so, mm. I don't know. Or maybe I, I was and I didn't realize when I was little. I think maybe like over time, you just channel different sides of the signs. I also think mm. that it's like perfectionism, which I've struggled with too. It does kind of develop over time. Or it does kind of change how you think over time. Yeah, I think it just, I think I I feel an emphasis on perfectionism in me when I'm more stressed out. So it's probably more of like a control thing. There's the Scorpio. There's the Scorpio. Yeah, Yeah. okay. That part of me, I have. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I love funny. learning about this. <laughs> I, I love I love talking about my friends' astrology charts with them because it's just really cool to see like what resonates or kind of how it's seen in your own life. And so even something else that you have that I think it's so cool is that you have a Venus in Virgo, but it's almost conjunct your midheaven. And your midheaven is the part of your chart that is like most public to people. It's almost mm-hmm. like your career pointer, or like the legacy that you're here to leave. And so Virgo is a lot about organization and just routines and wellness and service and just like taking care of your well-being and just feeling clean also and then you have Mm -hmm. venus there which is like beautiful things values and yeah just basically what you think is attractive in other people as well and so Mm -hmm. i just think it's really cool that you create content a lot of the times it's showing things that are venusian in a way that it's like pleasure and routines and self-care and all of that but then there's also like a strong value which is the venus in routines in just neatness like I feel like you do so many of those like clean with me or organize my room with me or the morning routines like all of that stuff in a very Mm -hmm. like in the stop motion style and I think that's so Virgo like it's such a way of tying in those two things yeah I definitely like all that kind of stuff I I mean everything that you say it's funny because it feels like you're like reading into my soul with this you know like I don't know that much about astrology but every time you tell me something I'm like okay I relate <laughs> that's me <laughs> oh my gosh Perfect. I love it I love it it's it's really fun I think for me it just helps me understand my friends mm-hmm. really well and also just accept people and just pick up on the things that they're good at and also understand that I am different than them in that way and it's beautiful to have differences too yeah when you're talking with someone do you ever struggle with like analyzing them like while you're in a conversation with them or do you usually think about really (laughs) like subconsciously psychoanalyzing everyone (laughs) and I don't do I don't mean to do it in a bad way like I I don't Mm -hmm. see it as a bad thing but it's more if, Mm -mm. if I know their chart I'm always being like, oh my God, like they're like really being an Aries moon right now. Or like, oh my God, like you're really showing your Capricorn rising right now. Like I'll just notice like how elements of their chart are kind of showing up, you know? That's so fun. I, so like my first year of college, I was a psychology student and I, I remember the first year I was learning so much and I would analyze everyone. And I feel like it's the same kind of thing. I would just be like, oh my gosh, like they're doing this tendency and blah 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 and it's it's so interesting I would do the same thing it really is it really is and a lot of the times even Scorpio energy is really tied to like psychology or like deep motivations and that kind of stuff and for me in my chart I have an Aries rising but then what we do is we look at the ruler of your rising sign so the planet that rules it and then where that planet is in your chart so for me Aries is ruled by Mars and I have a Mars in Scorpio And it's in the eighth house and the eighth house is all about like depth and motivations and kind of like vulnerability. And then my Mars there is like just trying to learn about all of it and like take action and just do it in the moment, like observing everyone. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how I see it in my own chart. (laughs) That is so fun. How long have you like researched all of this or learned about it? It's been almost a little bit over two years and a half now. Okay. Where I really cool. started learning it in depth, but I've always been interested in it. Like 
for mm-hmm. the last maybe like five years or six years. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So yeah, really cool. I love starting the episodes, kind of diving in to the astrology. And so <laughs> for anyone who's listening who doesn't know who you are, which I would honestly be surprised because you know we're in very in very similar niches and you're often in my own content when we're together too. But can mm-hmm. you share a little bit about why you created your page on social media and just kind of what motivates you and drives you to share content? So I originally started it like I feel like many of us in our circle, we started it during COVID as, you know, like a creative outlet. We were bored. We wanted something to do. So I originally started my account just as a recipe account. And I, I was just you know, I was learning more about nutrition. I was actually going through a super restrictive mindset at the time. So I was just posting, you know, what I thought was healthy and blah, 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 very, you know, like black and white term, healthy and non-healthy, like that kind of stuff. And then I started finding people in our community and I started following them and I was like, oh, they have kind of like a better mindset about all of this kind of stuff. And it was kind of cool because it felt like I was like the student and you guys were almost the teachers, but then we were also learning things from each other in the same way. And so I kind of slowly got out of that restrictive mindset by following the right kind of people and learning more about nutrition. So like at that time I switched my major from fashion merchandising to nutrition. Um, And so when I started learning more about it and how the body worked, I was able to fully, you know, appreciate what the body does for us and and realize that food is not so scary, like that kind of stuff. Um, And so throughout that process, I also, like you said, I started IIN and that's how we met and it was so much fun, but um, (laughs) yes, it was was awesome. But um, I learned more about holistic wellness and how, you know, health and wellness is not just about food and exercise. It's also about relationships. It's about friendships. It's about work and stress and you know it has everything to do with everything (laughs) pretty much and um so I kind of wanted to start sharing that and so I started posting tips about recipes and food and kind of what helped me change my mindset and slowly it has evolved into more like self-care wellness routine lifestyle I feel like it's I'm all over the Mm -hmm. place right now I'm trying to find out my niche again but yeah, it slowly evolved into a focus, I would say wellness routines and Mm -hmm. self-care. And I mostly post on like TikTok, but I also have a couple of Instagrams that that are more like lifestyle. And then one is wellness recipes and stuff like that. And I have YouTube more for fun, but I like to post fun like tips and stuff on there too. And I'm trying to think, you asked me my motivation, right? Yeah. Posting. I actually was preparing for a job interview the other day and I asked my sister, what are some good interview questions to prepare? And she was like, what is your definition of success? And I immediately answered my thought of success is when it helps or like provide satisfaction for someone else or like a group of people. So I feel like success when, you know, one of my videos, if it gets 10 views or 10 million views or something, as long as it helped one person, I feel like it's a success. So I think my, my goal is that the younger generations grow up with the knowledge that we didn't really have as much and can grow up with food as their friend, not as the enemy, 
movement as something for their mental health, not for looks and, you know, finding what works for them because not everything is going to work the same for everyone. So I think yeah, just to educate and teach, you know, that's yes. my driving force. <laughs> and now here I am, the astrologer friend, like that's literally your Virgo at heaven. That's literally your Virgo. <laughs> and then it's also your Sagittarius rising, which is the teaching and, you know, wanting to share knowledge. So mm-hmm. that's super beautiful. And I actually didn't even realize, maybe we had talked about this when we first met, but I honestly didn't remember that you were struggling with restriction when you first started mm-hmm. your account and that yeah. you know, being a part of our community and meeting other creators has helped with that. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, at the time, I didn't really realize I was struggling with restriction. I, my, my parents were always super good about, you know, just not making comments about bodies, like that kind of stuff. It wasn't, that wasn't the main focus. It was about balance and, you know, overall health growing up. Yeah. And so I was a super confident kid, but then I, I started, you know, going through puberty and I have, I come from a Latin family. So, you know, you get comments sometimes it's very common in the Latin community. Very common. Um, yeah. And so I basically learned about my insecurities that I wasn't even aware of, started learning about them when I was growing up. And so throughout high school and the beginning of college, I was just a lot more restrictive and I was just following the wrong kind of influencers as well at the time, you know? So, yeah, yeah. I can definitely relate to that aspect of your story, like both the Latino culture mm-hmm. aspect of just commenting on other people's bodies if anyone gains weight and all that and then also the aspect of following the wrong people Mm -hmm. and comparing a lot to what we see online and I really think that puberty is the moment where so much of the kind of like insecurities body awareness and Mm -hmm. the issues that a lot of us girls kind of navigate I feel like it all starts there definitely yeah because you know, let's say you're growing up and, and your body's changing, or maybe your body's not changing as fast as the other girls. And so it's like, there's always just something that society is telling us to be insecure about. So it's just, it sucks because we grow up and a lot of us are just naturally confident and we're just living life and we're not focusing on that as it should be. And society tells us otherwise. So that's definitely the driving course I know for a lot of our like wellness communities to teach that younger generation yes about definitely definitely because I think a lot of us growing up didn't have that as you said we didn't have any Mm -hmm. creators to look up to that were sharing about balance and about their own struggles and just normalizing eating disorders like I remember when I was going through my own struggles with my body and disordered eating patterns for many years, I did not follow like a single person or I didn't even know of any creators who were talking about their own struggles. Yeah. Literally. I feel like it it really like popped off though in quarantine because I feel like everyone realized, okay, there are more important things than, you know, looking a certain way. And I don't know. It's just, I feel like we all were forced so much to slow down and and take like prioritize our health in all aspects mental health physical health everything um but also prioritizing balance so I feel like there was just a huge boom in the community during 2020 that 
promoted self-love, body neutrality, body positivity, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Which is extremely important. I'm glad we're going in that direction. But it's hard when you still see so many accounts that promote diet culture. It's just crazy. Yeah, exactly. And I'm curious about this. When you're trying to figure out like which accounts do I want to follow, which accounts do I not want to follow? If for anyone listening who maybe is kind of like trying to clean out their social media right now or just be more mindful, what are some red flags for you? Like what to you like screams diet culture and like would be something that you would just be mindful of not following um well I'm trying to think like definitely when people are posting general generalized tips that worked for them and they're saying oh you know do this because it worked for me so it's gonna work for you and you're just setting up your followers for failure that way because they're gonna expect the same results they're gonna accept to become the same body type, like that kind of thing, mm-hmm. or not accept, expect to become the same body type. And it's just not going to happen. And so that's why usually when I'm looking up accounts that are posting nutrition advice, I definitely make sure that they are either a certified nutritionist, um, you know, they have like, I look at their credentials basically, or they're a registered dietitian. Like I really, I really focus on that. Um, but I mean, even then you can see dietitians that are super diet culture. So it's tough. I, I can recommend some that I like that aren't diet culture, but for the most part, hopefully people are going in the non-diet culture, um, on that path when they're becoming a dietitian. But yeah, I would definitely say look for credentials before following anyone, um, that's giving nutrition advice. And then pay attention to how you feel when you're looking at the account. Like if you're reading something and you're saying, oh my gosh, I'm doing something wrong, then automatically like don't follow that person or unfollow them or mute them or something. Because if they're giving some sort of food or wellness advice and you think to yourself, I'm doing something wrong, you like automatically just unfollow them. That's toxic because that's not true. What works for them might not work for you. So I don't know. You can take it in and you can kind of keep it as a perspective, but I don't know. Yeah. Just when you start to second guess yourself, like it's I rough. agree. I think it's like when you look at someone's account and then you start worrying about all the things that you're doing, even if they're naturally balanced things or wellness focused things, then that's a red flag. Like mm-hmm. if you even if you're doing wellness focused things and you're still questioning yourself based on what you're consuming. And then I also think for me, a couple of red flags are when people are just promoting weight loss. Like that's just mm. like the only thing they talk about or like flexing how much weight they lost. And like, that's what like clickbaity things that they're doing to draw people in. And it's not mm. coming from a holistic view of also what their mind is at. Like, why did they lose weight? Or like, did they even need to? I don't know. Like, I think the, that is a whole thing. And I think that there's definitely people out there who maybe have health issues and they need to lose weight. And then Mm -hmm. there's people out there who are promoting weight loss. It's like from a restrictive perspective and from a process of restriction and shrinking themselves and all of that stuff, like the constant pursuit of thinness and that being Mm -hmm. put on a pedestal, I think is also something that I'm mindful of. Definitely. I also... When I, when I did used to watch those videos, when I was in a more restrictive mindset, I think what I've gathered overall is that 
a lot of those influencers and people that post that don't ever say, Hey, by the way, this is what worked for me. And like, you should talk to a doctor or dietitian or something. Like, I think it's a major green flag if they're just sharing something that worked for them. And they say at the beginning, like, don't do this. I'm just sharing what worked for me. Talk to a dietitian or something like that. Like talk to a professional. I think that's, that's like a safer way of going around about it. But like, I agree with you that there is just such an overwhelming emphasis on being thin and equating uh-huh. thin to beautiful. And it's just, it's like, it's bullshit at this point, you know, it's just. Yeah. And also just like uh, promoting a certain, just like exactly as you're saying, as if there's a formula. And I think that's something yeah. we learned a lot in IIN, the Institute of Integrated Nutrition. That's kind of like, there's no formula for health. Mm-hmm. There's just bio-individuality and the understanding that you're an individual and you're different than anyone else that you have different genetics different predispositions different factors that affect your lifestyle different work and day-to-day responsibilities and relationships and all these other Mm -hmm. factors that kind of shape your ability to live a certain way and be yeah absolutely absolutely it's just it's so interesting to learn about you know yeah (laughs) definitely Hope you're enjoying this episode and if you are and if you've been loving the podcast, I would be so grateful if you took a minute of your day to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts and I am coming through with a little special gift of gratitude for those of you who do that. So if you head to Apple Podcasts and leave a review, I will leave the link for that on the show notes if you're listening on Spotify or any other platform so you can head over to Apple Podcasts and if you leave a review and you take a screenshot of the review before you hit send and email that screenshot to contact at thecarolinalifestyle.com I will send you a free connect with your divine feminine meditation that I created I'm so excited about this meditation. It's a combination of breath work, visualization, and affirmations to help you align with the highest and best version of yourself. So again, if you write a written review on Apple Podcasts, snap a screenshot of it before you hit send and email it over to contact at thecarolinalifestyle.com, I will send over the meditation. So that is all, and let's go on with the episode. Something else that I also want to dive into with you is kind of navigating post-grad life because I know you're kind of going through that right now. So how has it been since I know you're like in between because you still have a couple of courses that you need to finish in the fall, Mm -hmm. but you had your official graduation, right? Yes. Yeah. So I graduated with a BSA in nutrition from UT Austin Mm -hmm. and I just have like one class and one lab left. So I'm still going to be in Austin this semester. Um, but honestly, so far it's been really great just because school personally for me was kind of a burden sometimes. And that's honestly, that's another, that's another big thing. Like another big message I want to put out there. I feel like so many people say, oh, college are the best four years of your life. And throughout the whole four years, I was thinking to myself, I hope these are not the best four years of my life because I, 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 you know, I hope my best four years are, you know, when I have a family, a husband, a pet, like that kind of stuff, (laughs) a house, like all that kind of stuff. So I don't know. But yeah, so school did not promote the best mindset for me. And so I think 
post-grad has honestly been great. And I think it can be really stressful for other people. So definitely depends on who you are. I know a lot of friends of mine that have been struggling to look for jobs, like, you know, all, all of summer, all of the spring, the past spring, and they're struggling. Um, but I don't know, I guess my biggest tips is if you're someone that gets overwhelmed really fast, definitely start the job search or start the interest search in yourself a few months before you graduate so that you're not like doing it all last minute. Um, and don't be afraid to try new things. I think what I'm kind of doing right now is I'm focusing a lot on content creation, but I also have been applying to different jobs and things like if you follow me you might know that I tried to be a solid core coach last month and throughout the process I was like wow this is super interesting but I don't think that it's for me to become a coach and that's perfectly fine I realized that that was the best choice for me for the summer and it was an extremely cool experience from the start and maybe I would do it in the future but at this point it's not right for me so I I just think like taking things like that, taking everything with a grain of salt and trying new things, try some internships, try volunteering somewhere, talk to other people, talk to other people about their jobs. You know, I feel like in the past, it's been so taboo to talk to people about their jobs and their salaries and that kind of stuff. And I feel like we're finally entering a world where it's more open and people can learn about everything and do any kind of job they want you know because now mm -hmm. the information is just at our fingertips and so yeah I don't know that was kind of all over the place but <laughs> that answer but for no, now yeah and, and I think you touched on something that is important and that is that college isn't always the best four years of your life mm -hmm. and for me it definitely wasn't either I definitely felt like college for me was some of the roughest years of my mm -hmm. life and there was a lot of lows and there was a few highs, but there was a lot of growth and learning and just self-development that had to happen. And mm -hmm. I think when I went into college, I did not have the self-awareness that I have now. I wasn't as intentional with how I lived my life. And I was just in a, I mean, I went into college with an eating disorder, like for starters, mm -hmm. like I was already in kind of a self-hating mindset. And I think that kind of, led into the types of circles I fell into and types of things that I was prioritizing and the habits that I had and so normalizing the fact that college can be a learning experience and doesn't have to be this perfect thing like I think there's definitely some people out there that go to college and make the best friends of their life and have the mm -hmm. best memories and end up in like really good you know four years but there's a lot of other people that don't feel that way and I think it's completely fine too yeah I mean totally I totally agree with everything you said as well and I feel like while I struggled during college and it wasn't my favorite four years I would have never uh, regretted or I would never go back because I learned so much about myself throughout the four years and I learned how to prioritize myself you know before college I was extremely insecure just in myself as a person and I relied a lot on other people and it, I don't know it just it uh -huh. really forced me to force me to experiment with like working out and just wellness in general and being more social being more open to meeting new friends like that kind of stuff so I definitely think they 
were some of the most important years of my life, but I don't think they were the best years of my life, like you were saying. Exactly, exactly. At the end of the day, it's a learning experience. And I totally agree with you. I wouldn't go back and change anything. I don't feel that way, actually, about any of my life. Because I think Mm -hmm. that we're all on very specific life paths. And like, we're all learning at the exact time that we need to be learning things. And Mm -hmm. as long as we have a mindset of learning and of looking at the past as a teacher, and how can I be better based on this experience? I think that's the best way to kind of think about it and go about it absolutely that's honestly that's another tip for postgrad but also just life in general don't have regrets like you can look back at something and cringe at you doing something but just use it as a lesson like sometimes I'll find myself looking back at things that I used to say or whatever and I like kind of I'm like I cringe or I regret but then I'm like no it's a lesson like I'm not going to do that now so it's molding us into what we are now (laughs) exactly Exactly. Yeah. And so something that I think you, even though it's nuanced, it's not black and white, I think something that you did very well in college, or at least towards the end of it, was mm-hmm. finding that balance and finding that access to wellness in an accessible mm-hmm. way. So what are your tips? Like what helped you get there? Or how did you balance your wellness with just studying and really hard classes and all of that? I would say, so I'm trying to think like how I want to word this, I guess it's going to be different for everyone. Like I've said a million times already, but you want to find what your priorities are. So what I prioritize in the morning might be, you know, no phones, journaling, um, eating breakfast, that kind of thing. But what someone else prioritizes might be an extra hour of sleep. Like you just have to see what works for you and what makes you feel your best. So definitely experiment with things, try different things. Um, And I think the biggest thing to make habits that work for you and really stick to them is adding one on at a time. I think most people try to do everything all at once. Like they try to work out, meal prep for a week. They try to journal for five hours. They try to meditate, you know, like they try to do it all in one day. And then you just burn yourself out and then you never do it again. So at the beginning of college, I would try to do that. And then I, I never meditated. I never journaled. I never did anything. And so I think what really caused the habits that work for me to stick were to introduce them one at a time and introduce them a little bit at a time. So, you know, start off with 10 minutes of movement every day. You can stretch first thing in the morning if you're not someone that likes to workout or hasn't found the workout for you yet like that kind of thing um adding it in one thing at a time and keeping in mind that it's for you it's for you to feel good it's not something that you have to do look at it as something that you get to do and it's all about perspective and mindset and it's honestly a gratitude thing as well being grateful for the resources that you might have the ability to move you know, I get to wake up and go for a walk every day, like that kind of thing. So mindset is everything. Um, And then also finding how you are able to manage your time well, you know, like personally for me, I use Google Calendar, but I also use a paper planner because I forget to check my Google Calendar a lot. (laughs) So I learned over the years that that's how I can manage my time well putting my phone in another room, like that kind of stuff, finding your study space. If you need to get out of your apartment, get out of your apartment. 
a lot of times I'd go to a coffee shop and do work and, and I was super productive. So definitely it's a learning process, but finding what works for you. Yeah. I like how that's kind of your core message as well. It's like very anchored in bioindividuality and just like figuring out what is your style? What is your routine? What is your best day-to-day kind of way of living? And Mm -hmm. I really like that a lot. And something that I'm also kind of getting into now is the organization aspect. I think Mm -hmm. when I was younger, when I was kind of like in middle school, and even before that, I always had like a super neat planner and like even in college, like to-do lists and like was super organized. And then I kind of, I think throughout COVID and just the end of college and going into work life specifically, I kind of fell off of my organization a little bit. And so it's something I've been reconnecting with, figuring out what are the best ways for me to stay organized? How do I maximize my productivity with simple things? And so you said you kind of use your physical planner and your Google calendar. And so do you have a method? Like, do you sit down on Sunday and outline everything for the week? Do you do it monthly? Like, what are your hacks? <laughs> so I feel like I always try specifically like right now with content. I, and actually with school too, but I always try to go through the month before and like plan a bunch of stuff out. And that never worked for me. I just, I'd forget that I wrote it down and then I wouldn't, it, it just, I'm someone that needs to do it more like closer to the date, that kind of thing. Obviously general things like appointments and meetings and exams and everything. I would always write, you know, the month before. Um, But for like weekly things, I guess I would write things out on Sundays for the most part and then slowly maybe add things in like the day before. So when it comes to school, I would usually at the beginning of the semester, I write out all of the important dates in the calendars, like exams, finals, midterms, projects, that kind of stuff. And then each week, I would usually go through and write in assignments um, that were due. But when it comes to exercise and like social things, I usually would look at it the day before because I used to try to plan out my workouts every week and I would get to the day that I'm supposed to go do solid core or orange theory or whatever. And I wouldn't feel like it. And I would rather do yoga. So I usually it's like the day before I plan that, or I write in yoga or a walk, like that kind of thing. So definitely it just depends on how, how much of a routine person you are. Like I like routine, but I also really like to switch things up. So I can't do yoga every single Tuesday. Like I can't guarantee I'm going to do that, but I can kind of get an idea, you know? Mm -hmm. I think with movement, I feel the same way. Like it's very much Mm -hmm. uh, in the moment, in the day before, in the week of that I kind of Mm -hmm. understand what I need. And right now that I'm also learning to cycle sync and just align my life a lot with cycle syncing, Mm -hmm. it's super different every week. And it's super different each cycle as well. What your body is craving, what you need, what you feel called to, So Mm -hmm. I think that that definitely is something I resonate with. And then I think with the monthly too, it's never really worked for me in that way. I'm more of a weekly or even daily to-do list kind of person. So Mm -hmm. that those are good steps though. But something else that you said too is the mindset aspect. And so that's something I want to dive into. Can we just chat a little bit Mm -hmm. more about like mindset in general? Like how does mindset play a role in your life and 
what's your current mindset that's guiding you? Ooh, okay. Um, I think over the years, what I have learned is, well, one, I want to start off with like a little disclaimer that everything is easier said than done. And everything, it might not be as easy for you. It might be easier for you than what I've gone through. So just, you know, take this with a grain of salt, obviously, and find what works for you again. Um, But I think a big lesson that I've learned over the years is that things are not happening to you. They're happening for you. So, you know, when something bad happens, it's not like, oh, what did I do to deserve this? It should be like, okay, what is this trying to teach me? You know, like, what is this step in the process of my life? And I really learned that during college because I, like I said, it wasn't the best four years of my life. I had a lot of things that were uncomfortable happen and disappointing and stuff like that. And at the beginning, I was like, why is this happening to me? And then I just realized, okay, this is making me stronger. This is making me take care of myself more. And now that I look back, I'm like, wow. Those were all extremely important things to happen. I needed those things to happen and look at me now. So that kind of mindset where the universe is working with you, it's not working, like it's not doing things to you. Um, And an overall general sense of gratitude. I think if you're someone that struggles with like a gratitude mindset, the little five minute journal and the manifestation magnet. Hey, hey. Now, now I've been using the manifestation magnet every day, but before that <laughs> I was using the five minute journal. And I, I do think there's something to it, you know, writing down things that you're grateful for every single morning. And they can be, it can be one thing. If you're someone that doesn't want to start with like a journal, you can just write it down on a piece of paper, start with something that you're grateful for, for the day and end the day with something that you're grateful for. And it really has shifted my mindset because now when I look at things, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful that this is happening to me. And when something inconvenient happens, now my immediate response is, okay, it could be worse. Like, at least I have this, Mm -hmm. blah, 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 you know? Yeah. So I love the concept of gratitude. It's such an important thing for me as well, because I think that for a lot of us, it's really easy to always focus on the lack or what's not there or what's not good or what's not going well. And when we shift to gratitude, even if it's for five minutes or a minute or writing down one thing or writing down five things, Mm -hmm. instantaneously we realize that we have things that are going well, even if Mm -hmm. something isn't. And it puts us in that abundance mindset. So it's something I always try to think about. And I think Mm -hmm. because I've written so many gratitude lists at this point, I say I'm so grateful for that. I'm really grateful for you I'm really grateful for this x y and z situation instantaneously now like subconsciously I don't even think Mm -hmm. about it I just kind of realize and say the things that I'm grateful for so if I appreciate someone or if I appreciate something I just have that thought more accessibly to me to just be like wow but I'm so grateful that that happened or Mm -hmm. I'm really grateful that this experience is kind of going on right now because it's teaching me to further my healing or it's teaching me to Mm -hmm. go deeper into what I really learned or whatever it is it's so cool also because I feel like sometimes the universe just proves itself like some days I think this really ties into if you're a content creator and you get bogged down by comparison sometimes I think it's really cool that the universe kind of shows you that it's working with you sometimes so for example like days that I'm feeling insecure about my accounts or I'm feeling down and I go into like a dark place of comparison and I'm like well why isn't this happening for me and 
you know, I'm still happy for these people, but comparison is natural a lot of times. Um, and it's a struggle, Mm -hmm. but it's always those times when, you know, that same day I get a comment from someone saying like, Oh, you're my comfort TikToker or like, you're my favorite TikToker, like that kind of thing. And I'm like, okay, like that was a sign that I need to be grateful for what I have because it's amazing, you know, what we're all doing. And so exactly I think as a content creator there can be so much self-doubt like a lot of the times I've gone through that as well where it's really easy to fall into the thought of no one cares or why am I even doing this or you know what's the point but for one having that purpose of I'm trying to help the world I'm sharing my light like that kind of vision helps but receiving those little signs from the universe really help mm-hmm. too and I think sometimes I'm doubting directions that I'm going down in with my content and then I'll receive a comment like oh my god I literally am doing x y and z because of you or I yeah. learned about this because of you and mm-hmm. it kind of just makes my whole day yeah I feel like that can also be another mindset thing because it's almost like if you're mostly looking at life with an abundance mindset those days that you do feel kind of down on yourself don't feel as big because it I don't know. It's easier to look at the universe as, you know, it's guiding you with those days that are more of obstacle days, like that kind of thing. I don't know if that really made Mm -hmm. sense, but yeah, 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 exactly. And so (laughs) talking about the universe and kind of diving deeper into that, Mm -hmm. how do you connect to spirituality or what does spirituality mean to you? I, so I grew up in a very um well not very but like my family my extended family is very catholic but my parents we were just you know we're all trying to do our best that's basically like the mindset that we all had and so we're not a super religious family um and so I would say we're more spiritual we're more you know we know that there's something you know bigger than us or we like to believe that you know the universe is out there doing things for us um, I would say I'm not super knowledgeable about the topic at all, but I love learning about it. I love listening to like your videos and your podcast all about it. It's so interesting to me. And I don't know, I think a lot that goes into your connection with the universe, again, is your mindset. I think a lot of people struggle with it because they don't believe in themselves enough to believe in, in you know, like something bigger than them and it scares them and that kind of thing. So I don't know. I think it's a learning process for me. I'm not someone that's, like I said, I'm not someone that's super knowledgeable and into it every single day, but I definitely do feel it's present in my life. And I always think to myself, oh, like that's something from the universe. That's a sign. And that's that. So it's definitely more evident in my life than I probably give it credit for, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think that it's so funny because every time I ask anyone about their spirituality, instantly people mention how they grew up or what kind of mm-hmm. upbringing they had or what their family religiously associates with mm-hmm. and I I think that that's just like I think this happened very consistently for me when I ask anyone about their spirituality but spirituality doesn't have to mean oh I do oracle cards or I know astrology or I meditate every day it can be just simply I notice the messages that come to me from the universe or I feel grateful mm-hmm or I work on my mindset, or I observe how other people trigger me, and I work through those triggers, and that helps me become a better version of myself. 
for me it's just our connection to ourself and our connection to something greater and how the two kind of go together and how ultimately the way you think about other people or about the universe or other things is a reflection of how you think about yourself or your mindset overall about life and how it's all intertwined you know you just put it into such better words than I did that's perfect that's exactly how I feel as well that's yeah and so I think that that's why (laughs) spirituality is it's important to demystify spirituality because Mm -hmm. that's it like it's not spirituality is not I do all these woo-woo things all the time it's simple (laughs) a lot of the times it's really connected to the mind and really connected to belief and the self too and mind mindfulness almost it's just like observing the things around you exactly exactly so yeah I love that (laughs) and I love that you know we kind of touched on that too because I'm sure there's people who might listen that might just be like well I don't consider myself a spiritual person Mm -hmm. but they still notice the signs or they notice the angel numbers or they want to be a better version of themselves yeah did you grow up super spiritual or how was your upbringing with that kind of stuff yeah so I went into it into my spiritual journey episode but basically so if anyone listening wants to just learn the whole story it's there but basically Mm -hmm. I grew up with like I had a first communion so I had like Mm-hmm. some like catholic like underlying energy there but it, i never really went to church like i was never very very mm-hmm. religious my parents are not religious my dad is atheist and then my mom is spiritual so my mom is like a witch like she does energy healing she introduced me to manifestation and the secret but so she kind of opened the door for me but i then went through the door by myself and kind of embarked on like a deeper even journey on my own so yeah that's kind of like the background on my family that is so cool I love that yeah so I'm grateful for my mom and the impact that she had on my spirituality for sure we have very similar stories yeah (laughs) like my my mom I always grew up with her going to yoga and meditating and then my dad got really into meditating when I was younger and I actually went with my mom freshman year of college when I was really struggling with some stuff to a silent retreat where it was all meditation and yoga and you're silent for a whole weekend, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, no phones, nothing. And you're literally just in this beautiful, like nature hotel and you walk around and you're silent and it's just so cool. And we do all these exercises that are emphasizing other senses and it's all about mindset, mindfulness. It's super cool. That's so cool. You'd love it. (laughs) I feel like we've talked about this, how your mom is also like pretty spiritual. Mm Yeah. Yeah, so definitely. I love that. I definitely <laughs> want to do that and have that experience at some point. It must be so interesting to just be in complete silence. Yeah, I honestly think that that was probably one of the biggest, like it had such a huge impact on my life in college, you know, just being able to be with myself. And I used to be someone that always had music on or a podcast on. And now I can just, you know, be with myself in silence. Like a lot of times Mm -hmm. I drive to and from Houston and Austin just in silence because I'm like, "Mm, it's nice. That's so good. (laughs) I like definitely struggle with overstimulating myself just because I I do love music and and all of that. But Mm -hmm. being in silence is also just so good. And even in college for me, whenever I was studying or doing work, like I always needed to be in a silent space in the library Mm -hmm. or something like that. 
Yeah. And then it's, it's so funny how that's connected. Like, I know a lot of people that can't study in silence because they can't, they themselves like get distracted by silence because they just aren't comfortable with it, which yeah. is super interesting. <laughs> it's very interesting because actually I think there's a strong tie there to something called human design. I don't know if you're familiar with human design, but there's one element of human design that it's like our digestion. And so basically human design, what it is, it's similar to astrology in the sense that it's based on the time you were born, where you were born and all of that. There's six main types and then your inner authority, it's called. But then there's also subcategories. So one of them is digestion. And so digestion applies to how you digest food, but also how you digest information and emotions and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so for me, for example, it's direct light. So when I'm in a sunny space or near windows, I focus so much better or I digest my food so much better. And then there's some people that it's actually like silence, but then there's some people that it's music or like noises. Like there's some people that when they're eating to have optimal digestion, according to human design, it would be better for them to have like loud music or like a lot of conversation around them. And I think that that would then translate to their like study style as well. That is so cool. Isn't that so interesting? It makes so much sense too. (laughs) Yeah. That's I'm gonna start I'm gonna start focusing on that. Like I'm gonna observe that next time I'm eating something and see. I'm gonna test it out. (laughs) I can find out for you also. I have a little human design app so I can find out what your digestion type is. But yeah, human design is really cool. I'm learning more about it. I don't know too much. Like I know a lot Mm -hmm. more about astrology than I know about human design. So it's always something I'm trying to dive into more. That's so cool. That's really interesting. I love that. All right, let's dive into some rapid fire questions so we can close out the episode. So the first question is, what do you prefer, coffee or matcha? Matcha, easy. (laughs) You're the matcha queen. Like your matcha recipes always look so good. What's your matcha, like your go-to matcha recipe? Okay, so I think the type of matcha that you buy, like the brand is key. I always buy Nekohama matcha, ceremonial grade, amazing. Um, I do that with, I always have ice matcha latte with that, um, the vanilla unsweetened milk, almond milk, and a little bit of maple syrup, and then a little bit of cinnamon. And it's just amazing. You guys can find her recipe on her Instagram because it's divine. And the way you froth your milk always, I'm like, I, I need to do that more. That milk frother is amazing. You guys need to get it. I don't know the name of it. I can send it to I can send it to you and you can put it in the show notes or something yes. if you want. Please. It's amazing. <laughs> amazing. And then do you have any books that you love or that have shaped your just experience? Ooh, I hmm. Well, right now, I would say a lot of journals shape my experience. So Manifestation Magnet is my favorite right now. (laughs) Five-minute journal, definitely. Um, I would say also a lot of books about nutrition. So, like, I, like, I almost want to, like, say my nutrition textbooks (laughs) were just so interesting. So if you can get your hands on, like, a real nutrition textbook. But also I'm reading Atomic Habits. I'm reading Four-Day Workweek. I can't remember. I'm trying to think what else. I'm reading The Almanac of Naval Ravikant. I think that's his name. And I'm also reading Intuitive Eating by, I don't remember her, the author's name, but Intuitive Eating. It's oh just gosh. called Intuitive You're Eating. reading so it's many great. at the same time. That's how I am. I can't read one <laughs> book at a time. So I have my Kindle. I have all of them there. 
Love that. Love that. Love that. I love Atomic Habits. I was recently rereading it as well. So good. So good. And do you have a mantra or a quote that you live by? Ooh. Sorry, I'm really bad at rapid fire questions. <laughs> a mantra or a quote? I would say, I guess kind of what I said already, it's not happening to you, it's happening for you. Yes, I had a feeling you were going to say that. <laughs> and what makes you feel like your higher self? Ooh, definitely talking with, with friends. I feel like having conversations like this helps me a lot, makes me feel empowered, makes me feel like in a great mood. And then also practicing things that feel good to me, eating in ways that feel good, but also, you know, feel good to my mental health and being around family. I think my surroundings, family, friends, nature, and, <laughs> and food. <laughs> Sorry. That's a yes. lot. Of yes. I love it. And then the last question is if anyone who's listening right now didn't hear the whole episode and they just heard this part, what would you want to leave them with? Ooh don't do what everyone else is doing do your own research find your own interests find your own knowledge and find what works for you and what your priorities are yes yeah <laughs> amazing thank you so much for coming on the pod it was so fun thank you I literally just looked at the time and I was like how did an hour go by already that's crazy <laughs> yes it was so fun I feel like we really mm -hmm. anchored in that like girl talk like deep you know intention that we set and so can you share with anyone listening where they can find you follow you and connect with you yeah like yourself so, yeah I will <laughs> I'm happy to my um tiktok is just my name Katerina Mangini I can spell it it's k-a-t-e-r-i-n-a-m-a-n-g-i-n-i -I, -I. I always spell it because people spell it <laughs> wrong so that's my tiktok and then my new instagram is the same and then my recipe and wellness instagram is katarina m health all put together amazing and i will link all of that and your youtube as well on the show notes yes i think it's just my name on youtube yeah. so amazing thank you so much and thank you to <laughs> thank everyone you. listening hope you guys have an amazing rest of your day and i'll see you guys in the next episode bye, bye. <laughs>